Chapter Ten of Bellamy, or the History of a Scoundrel. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Recording by Martin Giessen. Bellamy, or the History of a Scoundrel, by Guy de Maupassant. Translator unknown. Chapter Ten. Jealousy. The Duroise had been in Paris two days, and the journalist had resumed work. He had given up his own especial province to assume that of Forestier, and to devote himself entirely to politics. On this particular evening he turned his steps toward home with a light heart. As he passed a florist's on Rue Notre-Dame de Lorette, he bought a bouquet of half-open roses for Madeleine. Having forgotten his key, on arriving at his door, he rang, and the servant answered his summons. Georges asked, Is Madame at home? Yes, sir. In the dining-room he paused in astonishment to see covers laid for three the door of the salon being ajar he saw madeleine arranging in a vase on the mantelpiece a bunch of roses similar to his he entered the room and asked have you invited anyone to dinner she replied without turning her head and continuing the arrangement of her flowers yes and no it is my old friend count de vaudrec who is in the habit of dining here every monday and who will come now as he always has georges murmured very well he stopped behind her the bouquet in his hand the desire strong within him to conceal it to throw it away however he said here i have brought you some roses she turned to him with a smile and said ah how thoughtful of you and she kissed him with such evident affection that he felt consoled she took the flowers inhaled their perfume and put them in an empty vase then she said as she noted the effect now i am satisfied my mantelpiece looks pretty adding with an air of conviction vaudrec is charming you will become intimate with him at once a ring announced the count he entered as if he were at home after gallantly kissing madame duroy's hand he turned to her husband and cordially offered his hand saying how are you my dear duroy he had no longer that haughty air, but was very affable. One would have thought in the course of five minutes that the two men had known one another for ten years. Madeleine, whose face was radiant, said, I will leave you together. I have work to superintend in the kitchen. The dinner was excellent, and the Count remained very late. When he was gone, Madeleine said to her husband, 
is he not nice he improves too on acquaintance he is a good true faithful friend ah without him she did not complete her sentence and georges replied yes he is very pleasant i think we shall understand each other well you do not know she said that we have work to do to-night before retiring i did not have time to tell you before dinner for vaudrec came la roche mathieu brought me some important news of morocco we must make a fine article of that let us set to work at once come take the lamp he carried the lamp and they entered the study madeleine leaned against the mantelpiece and having lighted a cigarette told him the news and gave him her plan of the article he listened attentively making notes as she spoke and when she had finished he raised objections took up the question and in his turn developed another plan his wife ceased smoking for her interest was aroused in following georges's line of thought from time to time she murmured yes yes very good excellent very forcible and when he had finished speaking she said now let us write it was always difficult for him to make a beginning and she would lean over his shoulder and whisper the phrases in his ear then he would add a few lines when their article was completed georges re-read it both he and madeleine pronounced it admirable and kissed one another with passionate admiration the article appeared with the signature of g du roi de cantel and made a great sensation m walter congratulated the author who soon became celebrated in political circles his wife too surprised him by the ingenuousness of her mind the cleverness of her wit and the number of her acquaintances at almost any time upon returning home he found in his salon a senator a deputy a magistrate or a general who treated madeleine with grave familiarity deputy la roche mathieu who dined at rue fontaine every tuesday was one of the largest stockholders of m walter's paper and the latter's colleague and associate in many business transactions duroy hoped later on that some of the benefits promised by him to forestier might fall to his share they would be given to madeleine's new husband that was all nothing was changed even his associates sometimes called him forestier and it made duroy furious at the dead he grew to hate the very name it was to him almost an insult even at home the obsession continued 
the entire house reminded him of charles one evening duroy who liked sweetmeats asked why do we never have sweets his wife replied pleasantly i never think of it because charles disliked them he interrupted her with an impatient gesture do you know i am getting tired of charles it is charles here charles there charles liked this charles liked that since charles is dead let him rest in peace madeleine ascribed her husband's burst of ill-humour to puerile jealousy but she was flattered and did not reply on retiring haunted by the same thought he asked did charles wear a cotton nightcap to keep the draught out of his ears she replied pleasantly no a lace one georges shrugged his shoulders and said scornfully what a pert from that time georges never called charles anything but poor charles with an accent of infinite pity one evening as duroy was smoking a cigarette at his window toward the end of june the heat awoke in him a desire for fresh air he asked my little mad would you like to go as far as the bois yes certainly they took an open carriage and drove to the avenue du bois de boulogne it was a sultry evening a host of cabs lined the drive one behind another when the carriage containing georges and madeleine reached the turning which led to the fortifications they kissed one another and madeleine stammered in confusion we are as childish as we were at rouen the road they followed was not so much frequented a gentle breeze rustled the leaves of the trees the sky was studded with brilliant stars and georges murmured as he pressed his wife to his breast oh my little mad she said to him do you remember how gloomy the forest at Canteleu was it seemed to me that it was full of horrible beasts and that it was interminable while here it is charming one can feel the caressing breezes and i know that sevres is on the other side he replied in our forests there are nothing but stags foxes roebucks and boars with here and there a forester's house he paused for a moment and then asked did you come here in the evening with charles occasionally she replied frequently he felt a desire to return home at once forestier's image haunted him however he could think of nothing else the carriage rolled on toward the arc de triomphe and joined the stream of carriages returning home as georges remained silent 
his wife who divined his thoughts asked in her soft voice of what are you thinking for half an hour you have not uttered a word he replied with a sneer i am thinking of all those fools who kiss one another and i believe truly that there is something else to be done in life she whispered yes but it is nice sometimes it is nice when one has nothing better to do georges thoughts were busy with the dead he said to himself angrily i am foolish to worry to torment myself as i have done after remonstrating thus with himself he felt more reconciled to the thought of forestier and felt like exclaiming good evening old fellow madeleine who was bored by his silence asked shall we go to tortoni's for ices before returning home he glanced at her from his corner and thought she is pretty so much the better tit for tat my comrade but if they begin again to annoy me with you it will get somewhat hot at the north pole then he replied certainly my darling and before she had time to think he kissed her it seemed to madeleine that her husband's lips were icy however he smiled as usual and gave her his hand to assist her to alight at the café. End of chapter 10 Recording by Martin Giessen in Hazelmere, Surrey